Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people when they accidentally delete a line of code and their website breaks. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. Just one or two. Just one or two. That's in, you like have to mention that every time. Every, we have to say that every time. Okay. It's, it's important to be legally accountable. Uh-huh. So in today's episode, we are going to be talking about YouTube, uh, which is kind of ironic because that's what we're doing right now. So we're just kind of talking about what we're doing. This is yeah. the state of our society. Uh, so more specifically, we kind of wanted to pull back the curtain on, on what it's like doing YouTube doing YouTube semi-professionally as well, and like kind of just how this all happened. Because I think one of the biggest misconceptions with YouTubers is that, you know, the whole, the whole notion of like, oh, this person just came out of nowhere. I feel like that's a really common phrase. Mm-hmm. They came out of nowhere or like blew up overnight. That's something that you hear about a lot. However, it's never true. It never happens. I have yet to see a single case where someone just like some just random person with no other internet presence starts a YouTube channel and just takes off like a rocket ship. It's, it's next to impossible to do. And I think that's one of the, I think it really stifles creativity because when people make a channel and they see all of these, the creators, which are realistically in the top like 2%, just like going off like crazy and it's it can be definitely discouraging so i figured one of the things that we uh what we'll do to start off here is sort of talk about what started us on youtube where where was the beginning all right so uh, for me actually we're, we're coming up on 11 years of of doing youtube since someone's talking about the iMac 2010, mid-2010, hey, that's when I started doing YouTube. It's been a long time. Yeah. The, the Macs that were on sale when I started on YouTube are worth a lot less than they used to be. <laughs> that's how long it's been. That's the way that you can measure that time. Mm. Um, so I started by doing like Lego stop-motion videos in my basement in middle school. And then I did some comedy sketches i put air quotes around that listeners because they were not funny also in middle school to middle schoolers to middle school us they were funny they were funny they were funny to us noah and i worked on a couple of those as well yeah i wasn't the main i wasn't the main person but at some point yes yeah and you got to give yourself some credit middle school times for middle school audience they were pretty good they were pretty popular in some of the middle school classes we we got some laughs oh yeah oh yeah yeah, so that was that was the second channel. I think I've pro- I probably had like four channels before this one. Uh, if you go on like Social Blade, it'll say that my channel was created in 2012, but that's just whenever I like clicked the button to create a channel. <laughs> it, it didn't actually have any videos on it until like 2015. Mm-hmm. I think we're actually coming up on six years this month for my first video. Um, I can actually find that out while we're talking what like how how long ago it was i think my first video and this is going to be deeply deeply ironic it was a review of windows 10 i do remember that Mm -hmm. it was the beta for for windows 10 back before that came out and it's kind of ironic that that's how i started started the channel which as you may have noticed is not primarily focused on windows anymore uh, you could definitely say that. It's also uh, worth pointing out that your uh, you, your channel used to go by a different name. It did. I, w- well. I was really hoping that you weren't going to bring that up. I, ha- I have to bring it up. So uh, so when I started... Now, first of all, I want to keep, keep in mind, folks, that when I started this channel, I was 16. I wasn't exactly, like, uh, experienced. <laughs> My only... My, my, I think my most popular YouTube channel to date at that point had 81 subscribers. That was the Lego Stop Motion channel. So I didn't exactly know what the heck I was doing. 
But so my 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 initial name was Tech Check because I thought I thought it sounded cool, That's and I, I not stuck bad. with that for like like three months. Well, it's not that bad. That. You 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 switched because I think you found someone else had that name, right? I think so. Someone or something had the name Tech Check, so you so you switched. Yeah, those those early videos. I mean, as you would expect, when you if you've never done YouTube before, you should not expect that your first videos are gonna be like really incredible quality and like super well made. Your pacing is gonna be all over the place. It's yeah, it's just you can't expect a whole lot out of it. Yeah, I mean that's part of it. You gotta start somewhere, and you get you get you get experience. This the this first video this May was this Windows 10 review was May 8th 2015. So May 8th will be the sixth anniversary of my channel. It's coming up. Yeah. Now it sounds so it sounds like that's actually the next interesting thing that we wanted to talk about. Actually, before that, someone asked how long have we been friends. We've been friends for about eight years. Yeah. So we were already friends when I made this channel. Noah already had his channel by the time I made mine. Yes. I, there were several channels before this one. Yes. While Noah and I were friends. I went through a lot of YouTube channels. <laughs> I was very indecisive. Yeah. But, but uh, Noah's, Noah's YouTube channel was actually much more successful than mine when, when he started off. At the beginning, yeah. So I can I can talk yeah. briefly about that. So my channel started in January of 2013, and I created the channel. I think it was like January 4th or something, and then two weeks later was my first video. So it was January 2013 was when uh, was when it started. And the reason why I created the channel was because back in the summer of 2012, I'm not 100% sure this is correct, and this is the from a timing perspective. Story. Yeah, I'm bad with memories and times and everything, but. As far as I can tell, so the summer of 2012 was when uh, I learned Java for the first time. So I had been programming with like some drag and drop stuff, like a, a more advanced version of Scratch, basically, since like elementary school. But uh, eighth grade, so summer before eighth grade, summer of 2012 was when I actually started learning Java. And I wanted to learn Java because I wanted to make plugins for Minecraft servers. So back then, I don't know if it still exists today or if it's as... Uh, widely used today, but there is this uh, this uh, platform called Bucket B U K K I T, and um, it was just this Minecraft server uh, that you could run, and it provided you know a framework for you to create uh, plugins that could that you could put on a server, and they could uh, they could um, you know you could do a bunch of different things. You can make games, you can make um, um, you know permissions and like ranks, and there were all kinds of different things you could do. So that's why I wanted to learn, and I I started in the summer of 2012 and the first plugin I made was you could type a command and it would like heal you it would like give you full health or you could type another command and it would kill you and there were like a few a few of those commands like that it was super basic what a simple start you gotta you gotta start somewhere but um but but yeah so that was my first thing uh in the summer of 2012 my first plugin and then in January of 2013 I created the YouTube channel because I wanted to make video tutorials on how to make the Minecraft plugins. And my main motivation at the time was I never had a script. When I made those videos, uh, the Minecraft tutorials, I never wrote a script ahead of time. I knew what I was going to discuss ahead of time and I knew like what example I was gonna use, but I never wrote a script. So if I wanted to discuss something, I had to understand it well enough to be able to explain it off the top of my head. Now, if you watch some of those videos, I can be a bit rambly or like <laughs> I'll be debugging like live during the video because I'll make some sort of a mistake. But overall, my idea was that the YouTube channel would motivate me to learn the programming and, and put the time in because I wouldn't make a video unless I unless I actually understood something. So That's that was an interesting approach. That was that was how I started. My first video uh, was the first episode of my bucket coding series that went on for. A while. I mean, that series had like, years. yeah, because it had like, I feel like it had, maybe it even had a hundred, but it had like at least 80 videos in that one series and there were other ones as well. But, um, but yeah, so that was how, that was how my uh, channel started. And so that was like eight years ago, right? 20, 2012, so eight, nine years ago. 2012, nine years. Yeah. Or no, it was January 2013. So, oh, yeah. it so was eight years ago, eight, a little you over eight years. The eight year. Yes. And that was, I believe, my first, uh, my first channel. So, and that's actually a very interesting point because, in that way, I think both of us sort of had a similar rationale for starting channels. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, 
Like, I want to make videos and make money from the videos. Right. You started a YouTube channel because you wanted to motivate yourself to learn how to program. I started this YouTube channel because I wanted to learn more about tech and learn more about filmmaking. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I think, honestly, that's probably one of the best things that you can do if you do want to start a channel. It's just come up with a reason outside of doing YouTube for the sake of YouTube to do it. Because, look, when when we were, you were what, 14? And then I was 16 when I started mine? Yeah. We didn't know anyone. We didn't have any industry connections or expertise or technical ability or anything. It was also very different. YouTube was very different at the time. It was very different in at the time. In terms of like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I never did any of the social stuff, but I feel like there probably yeah. wasn't as much of, of that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't as much. It's all sort of exponentially scaling, but there definitely wasn't as much. But I guess the 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 thing is that if you start a channel and you have expectations of success outside of your own personal goals um, of making videos for yourself you're probably going to be disappointed because, I mean, it took me a year to get 100 subscribers. Now, granted, I didn't play the game very well. I wasn't, like, you know, promoting my stuff anywhere. I wasn't networking with anyone because didn't, that didn't really occur to me, in all honesty. Um, but that's just kind of the way that it happens. And that's okay because when you're making videos without an audience, you can make whatever you want. You can try some stuff. I had a couple of series that I tried out. But it was mainly just making videos because I liked making videos. I had always been making videos. And the reason I started in 2015 specifically was 2014 was a year where I didn't make a whole lot of videos. And I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm bored <laughs> not learning more about making videos. So that's the main reason why I did this was like I wanted – I like tech. I like making videos. I'm not making videos and I don't talk about tech. So I'm going to change that. <laughs> yeah, it was because I was bored realistically um, but that's I think that's one of the most interesting things is because I know a couple of, of friends who tried to start YouTube channels but if you want to start a YouTube channel because you want to be a YouTuber you're almost always going to be really really disappointed and quit because mm -hmm. it's super duper hard to motivate yourself to talk to a camera and upload a video and then it gets, like, three views. Yeah. Like, I, I remember getting so excited when one of my videos hit, like, 100 views. And that was after I had been making videos for, like, multiple months. Like, eight or nine months. So, like, it's a slow thing. But, and I think that's probably why the reason that people succeed on the platform is because they're doing things that they're passionate about. Because if, if you're going to persevere and make it to that point, you have to be passionate about what you're making. Otherwise... You're not gonna do it anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's definitely. so much easier to not make YouTube videos than it is to make YouTube videos. Yeah, it's a fun fact. It's also, <laughs> <laughs> it's also the same. Uh, not to derail the conversation, but it, the exact same thing applies pretty much everywhere. But it's, but also to, to coding, I always say, like, if you if you start coding because you have a million dollar app idea. Spoiler alert: It's not a million dollar app idea. But if you start <laughs> coding because you claim to have a million dollar app idea. Uh, then you're going to get frustrated with it and you're going to quit. It's uh, Coding, YouTube, all this stuff is all the same. That if you want to really get to a good point, you have to do it because you want to do it and because you're passionate about it or else you're just not going to... You're not going to put in enough time and effort uh, and, and make a high enough... You know, make something of high quality and, and make enough things to actually get somewhere. So, absolutely. Yeah, you've got to work it up. And that's, and that's one of the things, like, back to what I was saying at the beginning about how there's this idea that certain creators will blow up or come out of nowhere when that's not really the case so last year i actually did a pretty interesting poll i might do another one this year um where i it was in like march or april of 2020 i did a poll on the channel and i said how what year did you start watching my videos mm -hmm. and it it absolutely blew my mind i guess it probably shouldn't have considering like i'm aware of my subscriber growth curve and how weighted that is towards recent years. Right. But I was really, really, really surprised when, like, 2018 and 2019, those were the two years that surprised me the most because those were the two years where I thought, like, oh, I've, you know, I've started to do things on the platform. But only, like, 6 or 7% of 
people responded that they were actually around then. Which I guess makes sense because I had like 20,000 subscribers and now it's a lot more than that. So statistically it makes sense. But it's weird to think about because once you start gaining even like when I crossed 1,000 or 2,000 or 3,000, those all felt like really big moments. But in the grand scheme of things, like for you guys, I mean, if, if anyone watching this has been here since before 3,000, you know, hats off to you. You stuck through a lot of terrible videos. Yes, <laughs> yes, hello. That's well, me. Yeah, I mean, you were here before, like, BC, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the YouTube videos that you were around were just us watching WWDC in, like, 2013. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing that you got to realize when people blow up. They're usually not coming from zero. Like, yeah. I can't remember what it was. Some some gaming channel that I was amused by that, you know, blew up. And I saw that they, you know, they had like one of those insane exponential growth curves on their social blade statistics. And it's like, wow, that guy came out of nowhere. But you go back to where it was before and it's at like 75,000 subscribers. That's like at the point, if, if you have 75K, you're going you're gonna to be telling people like, I'm running a pretty decent YouTube channel. I have a decent follower base. That's yeah. not coming out of nowhere. Yeah, definitely. Probably took up a couple of years to get to that point. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely, like, you can have a lucky video where the algorithm can favor you. Or you just make you can make a really good video. Or you can have a video that happens to do well and the algorithm loves it. And and you can, there there's definitely luck there, but not, oh, not so from zero. Luck. Not from zero. Yeah. It's, it's after you've put in a lot of time. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the algorithm is very based on consistency. So if you don't have more than 10 videos on your channel... Unless you're like shoveling in views externally and just like redirecting people there from another platform where you already have a following, you're not just going to organically explode, especially given how saturated YouTube is. It's like, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Uh, someone asked a really interesting question about like the gear. Because I think that's a situation where like 2015 doesn't sound like that long ago. But in terms of like YouTube gear, I think it was a, it's a pretty big difference. Like I think I think it would be easier to make very high quality footage for less money now than hmm. it was then. Like I know for for me my initial setup for the first probably almost 2 years was a Nikon D3200. You had one of those. My sister had one. Yeah. And we used it a lot. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used it a lot. Yeah. But it was a D3200 on an Amazon Basics tripod. The, the D3200 I had had for a while, by the way. I had that since, like, 2012. I used my iPhone 6 Plus, or I think... And then later, my 6S Plus. That was my audio upgrade um, for the microphone. And for the lighting, I just had these two lamps that we had in the closet. <laughs> and I just put one on either side. And I was like, look at that. Studio lighting right there. Nice. And the backdrop was just a blank white wall in my parents' basement. And I sat on a like an upside down <laughs> crate from an orchard for like apple picking because the wall it was too short i couldn't sit on a normal height so i was basically sitting on the floor yeah i remember that was, that. that was the that was the first that was, was like there like a, a pipe a half, two years. there was like a pipe it was a pipe right yeah. above right above you're sitting right by the like the water pipe for yeah the house. yeah i remember that yeah. that was good that's, I mean, and you, yours was even more simple. You were just screen recording and QuickTime player. Yeah, my thing, well, okay, so, like, my, yeah, my stuff, uh, my original, and a lot of the content on my channel is, because it's, like, coding tutorials, so most of it's screen recording uh, with audio. You, <laughs> using the built-in Mac microphone, which isn't great to begin with, and then when the fans start taking off, you can the hear it. The fans on the 2011 Intel Mac. Yeah, so that was... Um, Keyboard clicks, trackpad clicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. Well, it's, it, was, it was definitely rough. I did have... I used, like, um, uh, ScreenFlow, I think it was called. Yeah, I remember you, you used yeah. ScreenFlow to edit them, right? Yeah, well, the ScreenFlow recorded them. It recorded the video, and then it had, like, a little editor. Because you could do, like, you could show mouse know. clicks and stuff I like that. I thought you were so fancy with, with that. I remember you showed me how that worked one time, and I was like, wow, this is this is some incredible stuff. Yeah, so I had it easy that I didn't need a fancy camera. Um, the most recent videos that I've made uh, that I've filmed, 
like that I've actually filmed myself, I use my phone. So it was an iPhone 10, and then when I got my 12 Pro, it was the 12 Pro. And like you said before about how like these days it's easier to get good quality footage for less. Like yeah, the 10 and especially the 12 Pro footage, like I think it looks really good. I don't need like I'm yeah. not I'm doing YouTube just occasionally and for fun. So I'm not gonna invest a lot of money in like a super fancy camera. But like I gotta say the the phones are they're 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 pretty good. Yeah, and I mean you could you could use. Like, if you really wanted to, like, if you wanted to buy a dedicated YouTube camera, it would not be a bad idea to buy a used iPhone. Yeah. You know, for a couple hundred bucks, I mean, yeah, you could get something like, I have a backup camera that's a, a Panasonic G7. I've had it for a little while, so it's probably not super current. I'm not very up to date on cameras, but you can get, like, a decent camera for a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. But if you already have an iPhone, even an iPhone 10, as Noah said... You can totally use that. Um, I would definitely recommend picking up decent audio if it's something that you legitimately want to do. That was that was an area that I took a very long time to work on. Yeah, like, me too. Audio, audio was audio's trickier trickier than you would think. Eventually, I was like, all right, you know what? Screw this. I'm just gonna buy a Sennheiser MKE four sixteen, expensive, thousand dollar microphone. But it saved me a lot of pain in terms of like having to think about audio and reducing echo because it's just really, really good. Now, you don't need to do that specifically. I actually think that holding basically what I would do in the early days was hold my iPhone 6S upside down, like right here out of frame. And it was actually not bad. It was not bad. Now, granted, if you're shooting with your iPhone, or ooh. You shoot with your iPhone 12, mm-hmm. you record audio with your old phone, and there you go. That's a good workaround. Yeah. You can have that, that dual phone YouTube setup. That's pretty good. I mean, you can get it done. But I think one of the other things when we were talking about planning this out in terms of like actually getting started on YouTube, and we will get into more current stuff. Don't worry. We're just trying to go somewhat chronologically here, was that Noah actually had a lot more success when he started his channel, like the first, I'd say the first two years, you had way more success than I did in my first two years. So my first two years were 2015 to 2017. Yours was 2013 to 2015. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember where you were at during that time. Um, I don't remember exactly. I don't, does like social blade tell you that or is it not go back that far? Sometimes it doesn't go back that far. If you just go off the top of your head and I'll see if I can find it. I don't know. I can, uh, I can, I mean, I I could talk about sort of what the difference was. So basically, um, like I said, so when I started my channel, I started because of, um, because I wanted to make Minecraft plugins, right? And at the time there was a, uh, there was the forums for Bucket, right? So Bucket's the the Minecraft server uh, framework that I was making plugins for. And there were the, the Bucket forums and I was a pretty active member of the bucket forums, you know, to, uh, writing posts, whatever people would request plugins uh, that they wanted, and then I would I would make them, and um, you know, or people would would run into issues and they would post questions and I would answer them. So I was pretty active in the bucket forums, but I kind of and this wasn't really I don't know how consciously I really thought of this, but uh, I use it was sort of a, a way to promote my channel. Like if someone asked a question, I could say, oh, hey, I covered, you know, this topic in this video and I'd link them to my video. Or occasionally if I were making a plugin for someone, if I made a video uh, of me making the plugin or whatever, I could link it. It was linked in, I guess, probably my um, my signature uh, that I would be signed on every message that I wrote, right? Wow. So, I mean, I'm assuming it was. I don't remember. But um, but basically, I was in this, like, it was, the, the videos were very targeted, right? So they're not just general tech or general programming. They're, like, Minecraft server plugins, very, very specific. And there was this existing community of, uh, of people who were involved. And there weren't really, there were some people on YouTube that were doing some things. One of the first people that I ever talk to is this his name was like xx sniper z something or other i don't that's even know so 2013 i know but i oh don't remember God, but but he would he i would message him because he, he would help me at the very beginning when i had no idea what i was doing and he had a youtube channel and i remember i ended up passing him in terms of subscribers fairly quickly wow that's a I, good flex right there. i know i remember that if if that guy's ever out there i would 
I would so love to, to, to meet him. But, um, but anyways, um, so, so yes, I had this very specific community that I was, I guess, targeting or really more that I was a part of. And I had, there's, you know, this, the forums that already existed with a lot of people on them. So I think that, or I don't think it absolutely did help, um, you know, initially with my channel to go from zero to, you know, some people watching it and, and, you know, pick it up from there. Yeah. And so that was, I only found out about this right before we started streaming. Cause I didn't, I didn't realize that, uh, when I, when I started my channel, I basically didn't do anything. <laughs> and I remember I was always kind of surprised because Noah grew, I think when I started, you were somewhere around 8,000 or 7,000. Okay. I checked Social Blade. It only goes back to 2018, which is fairly useless. That's stupid. Yeah. It's not very helpful. But I remember I, I like looked at how fast you were able to grow your subscribers, and I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. I'm definitely not matching that. But... That's because I didn't know. Noah had a much better strategy. And even though, as you say, it wasn't necessarily a conscious one, mm -hmm. that is a really valid strategy. If you do want to start doing something on YouTube, don't go for the big audience right off the bat because, quite frankly, they don't care. And if they did, they're not going to see it right. because YouTube's not going to show it to anyone. So when you're first starting out, your goal is not really to appeal to the algorithm at all. Your goal is to find other communities where you can find people who might appreciate your content or make content for the communities you want to appreciate. Yeah, and you know what? I, well, let me just say one thing. I think you deserve at least some credit in this regard because um, maybe not your very first, but not your tech check videos initially, but when you were starting to get bigger, I think the MacBook repair was something that you honed yeah. in on. And a lot of people, and, and even still, and you still do that, obviously, but but I think that really helped you to, to have a niche. And you've yeah. broken out of that since then, but... Kind of. It's I mean, it's still your niche. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, so it's not, you know, you're not just doing tech in general where you talk about anything and everything that comes to your head. You know, mm -hmm. you, you have some sort of a niche and that's what people, you know, come to you to find. Yeah, it's definitely good to be, like, I sometimes see when other people will refer to me, it's like, oh, it's the MacBook guy. Yeah. And that's something that you kind of want because then it's like an identifiable thing. One of the things that tech channels struggle with is low rates of converting views to subscribers. So if you if you were to go look at like my monthly subscribers gained and my monthly view gains, they're very, very different from if you go and look at channels uh, in a different genre, particularly like pranks and beauty genres. It's I, And I think it's really mainly about the audience. Tech viewers are much more hesitant to subscribe and you also end up getting more people that are looking for targeted videos. Like when I make a review of an M1 MacBook Air, a decent portion of that audience is thinking about buying an M1 MacBook Air. Maybe they'll watch my video, but by the time they buy the MacBook Air, they don't really come back. I mean, hopefully my goal as a creator is to draw them in with interesting content and make them want to see other things, even if it's not related to that purchase that they're trying to make. But at the end of the day, if you're making tech reviews, there's a decent chance that the people are going to see your review say, oh, cool, and then never give you any time of day <laughs> yeah. after that. And so that's something that happens a lot with tech channels. So having a niche is good because the niche means that people come back to see more of it. Um, although I think it is important also to say that sometimes niches can be pretty limiting. Like I've, I've been trying to expand the realm of what I'm able to, to work on. And it's a slow thing. Like I've slowly sort of worked into iOS content. Mm -hmm. um, that was something where in like 2018 and 2019, I, I tried making videos about iOS and they would just hit the water completely dead. <laughs> like, you know, hit the ground running. It was hit the ground dead. Yeah. They, they wouldn't even, it was, it, it was very discouraging actually. Cause I would get decent for me at the time views on my normal content but every time I would try to upload a video about an iOS device, nothing. Or even talking about news and rumors and stuff like that. That's stuff that I really enjoy talking about and have for a long time. Noah and I have been, you know, following rumors and analyzing leaks and stuff since like 
2012 when we met each other in eighth grade. Yeah. But I couldn't do that on my YouTube channel until fairly recently. And I'm glad that I can because they're fun videos for me to make and economically they're, they're necessary. That's the, the reason why there's a lot of tech channels that make news videos is because, I mean, think about it. It doesn't cost anything to make. A lot of my videos are extremely expensive to make given, you know, the relatively modest size of my channel. So having those news videos really, really, really has allowed me to do other types of videos. And it's not necessarily a connection that you would get, that you would see as a viewer, but behind the scenes, it makes a really big difference. Yeah, that is really interesting about you can... Um you have the cheaper videos to fund the more expensive videos. Yeah. I mean, I usually try to, I usually try to give it a pretty good balance. So I'm not doing like 800 rumor videos back to back, uh, <laughs> because, or especially, and I like to, sometimes I'll hesitate on a subject and like aggregate things into a video so that it's not like a tiny bit of news stretched out over 15 minutes. Um, uh, actually wait, now that I've mentioned that 15 minutes, the golden number. The length of YouTube videos is really, really important. Mm -hmm. If you go back to my early videos, which I wouldn't recommend, by the way, they're terrible. <laughs> Don't go back there. It's not worth it. It's not worth the effort. Um, I thought when I first started on YouTube, because I had no earthly clue what I was doing, I initially thought that you wanted to have videos be as short as possible because then people would watch the full video or would watch a greater percentage of the video. Okay. Now, that may have been true at some point. I know that YouTube, the algorithm has changed, just like the search engine algorithm, Google, that it's based on. And, you know, these things change. And so there may have been a time where short videos were prioritized because the percentage viewed was important. But now that's absolutely not the case. Watch time in minutes is what matters. You could upload a 48-minute video. Someone could watch 10 minutes out of it. And that 10 minutes of watch time is worth more than if I uploaded a 5-minute video and you watched all of it. Hmm. Because as far as YouTube is concerned, they want you to be on the platform. Because when you're on the platform, you're watching ads. And when you're watching videos and enjoying them, you're going to watch more videos and enjoy them. So that's why videos have gotten longer and longer with the exception as someone has just pointed out of YouTube shorts. And that's a very specific reason. And that's because YouTube is not an impartial adjudicator when it comes <laughs> to these things. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, there was uh, the whole thing with YouTube community polls where basically YouTube kind of like juiced up the algorithm for the poll feature because they wanted more people to use it. And so, like, it was just artificially inflated. I don't know that that's the case with shorts. I suspect that it is. Um, <laughs> because, sh yeah, shorts are going absolutely hog wild. And I think it's very much because of that. And also because it's very easy. They play consecutively. Yeah. So it's super easy to watch many, many of them. And then the algorithm goes crazy recommending them. And they have their own place in the home screen as well. They so. do, yeah. So that's another benefit. So yeah, I mean, if I guess if you're starting a YouTube channel, you could definitely integrate some shorts content. I know lots of lots of creators that are much smaller have seen insane views on shorts. So yeah, I mean, if you wanted to start a YouTube channel, number one, do it for fun. Don't do it for money or views because they're not going to come very fast. Yeah. Uh, there's more efficient. If you want to make a quick buck, I don't know, have a yard sale. It'll make you a lot more money than in doing YouTube for a year. Um, number two play into communities that you are interested in. Uh-oh, uh, we've appeared it's <sighs> appeared that we've gone into the void. Oh boy. I'll finish my thought and then we'll explain for people that are watching live why we've gone into the void. Um, but yeah, so so play into communities that you want to be a part of, make specific content for them and, you know, get some friends, talk to some people, make some friends, you know, it's all fun. Social media, that's the point. Yeah. Uh, and then the third reason, and then I guess the third uh, option would be, you know, use shorts. Yeah. Get that, milk it. <laughs> milk it for all it's worth. Whatever They're the algorithm works. You don't have to edit them. <laughs> They're filmed in <laughs> portrait mode. 
That's like the easiest true. content you could make. Now, for those who are watching along live, you may have noticed that oh, we don't have any video right now. Um, basically, the apartment that we film in is really annoying right now because the whole building has to get switched over from heat to air conditioning, and they have not done that. So it is so freaking hot in this room right now. So hot, in fact, that the camera has overheated and shut off. Yes. So, so we are now an audio-only program coming to you live from inside the void. Indeed, yes. Oh my god, it's Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style is here in the void. <laughs> All of the classic... Oh, look, it's Smosh. <laughs> oh, they were, they were so... Oh, man. Jake and Amir are in here. Oh, really? In the void. That's where they go when, when, you're, when, uh, when your channel's done. When channels pass their heyday, they come here to the void. That's that, fun. Wait, that doesn't bode well for yeah, us. Yeah, no, I was about to say. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Someone in the chat has just very aptly said, stay sweaty, boys. Yeah, we're wearing our jackets, too. Hopefully you have a newfound appreciation for us wearing our big jackets when I believe it's about 84 degrees in here. Yeah, it's... It's, it's supposed bad. to be 60 degrees. I think it's set, the thermostat sets to 60, but it's well, like 82 or something. to 60 to try to compensate. Right, which is not, it's it, not it doing didn't anything. didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm sure in about two minutes, I'm going to get a flood of comments from people like, wait, why is the camera off? Yeah. But until then, we'll just go back to what we were talking about. Um, so, I guess you did, you did mention the repair video. I guess I could kind of go into how that all got started. Sure. So, are you trying to connect to this broadcast from your phone? Yes. That's pretty clever. Although the audio is going to sound terrible. So maybe let's not do that. We'll just mute. I'll just turn my, I'll turn the audio off on here. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Fair enough. That's a, that's a life hack. So, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're kind of back now. So basically the way that I got started with repair content was because my brother was was working on what are you trying to do here? There we go. Okay. So my brother was working on he he wanted to get a computer but he didn't want to spend a lot of money. And it doesn't go the audio on here won't go down. Oh, right. No, this won't go down anymore. Okay, just leave that. All right, that's fine. Well, we tried to we tried to save the void. This is going to be a very awkward portion of the stream for people that are listening to this. Noah just tried to join with his phone camera, but it won't let us turn the audio off, and it was kind of a mess. So we've given up on that. We're now back in the void. Yeah. Hopefully not for too long. Someone said it's the final form of dark mode. <laughs> I mean, it's the darkest form. Yes. So they're not you're not wrong. They are definitely not wrong. <laughs> Anyways. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Your brother. The first, so he, he wanted a MacBook, but he didn't want to spend a lot of money. And so I bought a broken 2011 MacBook Pro, which really only had a dead hard drive. And I replaced the hard drive, and I made a video on it and about how I saved money by buying something that was not functional and then made it functional. And for the time, it was a pretty decent deal. It was like 300 bucks, which doesn't sound like a good deal for a 2011 MacBook Pro. But this was four years ago, so, yeah. you know, it's, it's whatever. But basically, that was the video. That was like one of the first times where I was like, oh, people kind of liked this. And I don't know if it got posted on forums or something or if it was just, you know, that was just my time for the algorithm to be like, all right, we'll give them a shot. <laughs> But that video did well, and then I made another video, and then I think I made one where I had the old white plastic MacBook and our 2008 MacBook Pro that had died, and then I resurrected it by cooking the graphics card. Oh, yeah. So I had those two sitting around, got some content out of that, and I basically just started making some videos based on that. But actually, you know what? You know what really got me started was because at first when I was editing, when I was making videos, I was editing on a uh, an early 2015 13-inch Retina MacBook Pro. Yep. And by 
2017, I got the 15-inch Retina, the, the butterfly keyboard one. And that's where I was editing my videos on. And what really kickstarted my channel was selling the old laptop, the 2015. And I used that money to buy a newer, or it was a, it was a 2015 15-inch. It was the first of the I bought a used MacBook on eBay type of videos. And that basically started the whole thing where I was like, okay, well... Now I'm going to sell that computer and use that money to buy a different computer to make a video on. And then I'll sell that. And then I was like, okay, now I'm making a little bit more money. And so then I was like, okay, well, what if I buy broken MacBooks to repair, sell those broken MacBooks to try and make money off of that, and I'll make a video of me doing that so the video will make some money. Yeah. And that was basically how it all started. And that was all it's, – it's, it's definitely weird because it was like – almost two and a half years into making YouTube videos, but going from that point to like legitimately starting to build a following happened in about eight months. Like from that video where I did that $300 MacBook video, I had like a thousand subscribers, but that was over multiple years and with barely any like real time views. It was all like, I wasn't making a cent off of YouTube at that point, but, and that was in, like August of 2017, and by May of 2018 is when I hit 10,000 subscribers. Hmm. So it takes it could take a while to get started, but you do get a sense of momentum. Yeah. I don't know if you you had a very linear, like your your channel was very very consistent. It was consistent while I was uploading, and then I kind of stopped for a little while. So, so yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, when I when I first started the channel, I was very into it, and I uploaded, or I made a ton of videos, um, and yeah, I had some growth there. Okay, we're back. That's good. We've emerged from the void. Hopefully, we don't get sent back there. Hopefully not, although I, it's 85 degrees in here. I will make no guarantees. Yeah. <laughs> You're really suffering with these jackets on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, you definitely had the consistency. I kind of went low and slow for a while like a low subscriber count very slow growth but then i finally you know then it was finally like okay now this is this is catching on and and as with noah when you were super into it and you made videos all the time con consistency is key it was like absolutely insane how how many videos i was having to make in order to keep up that momentum mm -hmm. but actually that's one of the things that has struck me most recently um because obviously i don't know i feel like i don't want to make it sound I don't want to make it sound like, like it, you know, it's all, it only gets better as you go along. There are obviously still struggles. I still get disappointed by, like, when a video doesn't do as well as other videos. Because obviously, like, my worst performing video now would have completely blown my mind in 2015. Yeah. But it's all relative. And... One of the things that I've noticed is once I got over, like, I don't know, like, over 200K, I kind of plateaued a little bit. I, I've noticed um, sort of a trend with tech channels specifically. It seems like once you get in that between, like, 200K and, like, 800K, there's, like, it's kind of like this nebulous region where it's pretty easy to be stagnant. Now, mm. I'm not complaining about that at all because I still enjoy making videos, but it's not the same sort of rate of growth and acceleration that I got used to in the early days when it was like, you know, month to month, I would double subscribers sometimes, which obviously you'd have to be doing some pretty crazy stuff yeah, to be doubling, you know, 200,000 subscribers in, in a month, obviously. But like, you know, it does... It does it can kind of psychologically get to you a little bit. You're like, why am I, why is it not getting better? You know what I mean? So that's definitely, I don't know. That's not something I feel like, I feel like most creators experience that. I follow a lot of creators on Twitter and I see that come up a lot, but it's definitely not something that, it's not something that you see in the videos themselves, unless mm -hmm. people really put a personal aspect into their videos, which I don't think is as common in tech. Maybe in other genres, people are more open about that. 
Uh, now, actually, we did have, I, we're running out of time here, but I did want to talk about sponsorships because that's a really interesting one. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of people don't know about sponsorships. And that includes me. Because here's a fun fact about sponsored videos. And this, I don't know if this will be a surprise to you guys or if this is something that you're generally aware of, but no one has any idea what other people are doing for sponsored content. Hmm. Not a clue. It's actually kind of insane. Like, so in preparation for today's episode, I reached out to a couple of people, and I won't name names, a couple of people that I know of to see what they charge for sponsored content. And there was a lot of variation. Because basically no one, I guess it's kind of like, you know, it's taboo to share how much money you make from whatever job it is. Right. And so people don't exactly go, you know, they don't go saying, today's video was sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends, who paid me $20,000 to say a bunch of random lies about this terrible app. Yeah. Right? Like, people aren't going to go broadcasting how much money they made. But you don't, you don't even get a sense roughly of what other people are charging. So it's all completely just like, I don't know. Does that seem right? Yeah. And, and it's, on the one hand, it's kind of nice to be able to set your own rates and you can kind of say, eh, I'm not going to touch a video that, like, I got one where it was like, we'll pay you $100 for 10 videos. <laughs> that one was hilarious. Oh. And that was not as long ago as it should have been. That was like a, a year and a half ago, maybe. Oof. $100 for 10 10 sponsored videos. That's not good for even if you have zero subscribers. Yeah, you unless you're that unless deal. you're gonna burn that channel and never do anything else with it, you shouldn't yeah. do it. No, it's terrible. If if you have 50 subscribers and four videos on your channel, you would not want to take yeah. that deal. That's a terrible. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but it's so it's really easy to get taken advantage of, and so I guess I, I guess in the interest of transparency, I charge between on average. Between one and two thousand dollars for a sponsored ad at the beginning of a video, and sponsorships are one of those things where I feel like most people kind of accept that that's what needs to happen. Like yeah. there's there's a very vocal minority, a very small but very vocal <laughs> minority of people who are just so anti-ad that they they think YouTubers should like work for free or something. I don't know what their <laughs> mentality is, but they get so viscerally angry at an ad but you know you gotta have it like how awesome I, I buy every single mac to review it i gotta have ads in the videos um and so i actually spoke to a couple of people and there were a couple of people that were more like 2500 somewhere around 1500 to 2000 we were all kind of in a similar range but it's a pretty broad range when you think about it yeah and granted the views are also going to fluctuate there's no real way for youtubers or for brands to know how much how many views they're paying for or how many views they're selling like when i sell a video sometimes i will actually have a minimum view guarantee and so usually if i do have that in a contract because most of the sponsored videos that you'll sign up for you do sign a contract which lays out the terms some of the really early ones that i did didn't have a contract those were a little bit sketchy yeah a little bit sketchy on those but it's okay um yeah, so you you generally sign a contract and that will state, you know, like when they're going to pay you, how much how many views you need. Although I would say it's probably only about 20% of the videos that I do that are sponsored that actually have a view like guarantee as a part of that stipulation. Hmm. And if they do have a view guarantee, those are are high dollar sponsors. So those are generally above average and they're kind of paying for that preferential treatment and going into videos that I think are going to do better. And hopefully they do do better because otherwise <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, well, this is frustrating. It can be a little stressful, let me tell you, when you when you land a good deal and you're like, oh, this is, this is really going to help me out. And then the video is just like slowly tanking and you're just like, <laughs> pain, panic. <laughs> it's not a fun experience when... A video tanks that you sort of sold to a sponsor at a at a high price. Right. But I guess I think it's yeah. I mean it's it's absolutely crazy 
that no one, no YouTube, you, YouTubers don't have any idea what other YouTubers are charging. And it's super easy to get taken advantage of. Like, and, and honestly, in the past week when I've been asking people and saying like, hey, how much do you charge? I've found it really helpful because now I'm seeing certain sponsors or certain emails for requests where I'm like, no, 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 get this out of here. I'm not, I'm not talking to this. No, 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 no. I've actually decided that I'm raising my rates since I talked to some people. Okay, okay. I, I have decided that. Because, I mean, think about it this way, right? If you, if, you take, if you take a sponsorship at twice your normal rate, then you can take half as many sponsorships. True. Or true. you can make twice as much revenue. Either yeah. way, it's kind of a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah. As someone just said, know your worth. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's part of the part of the way that some of these advertising firms will try to get you is they try to make it so that you don't know your worth. The fact that it's not a standard thing is designed to basically allow advertisers to get the best deal. But the goal is to have a good balance where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to give you an effective means of advertising because influencer advertising is very statistically effective. Mm-hmm. But you also want to make it worth your time and not compromise your content in any way. So that's that's really important to keep in mind. Oh, Adrian just said, you're both <laughs> worth a lot to me. Aww. Thank you. Thank you, Adrian. That's very nice. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> that's very wholesome. We like this. Uh, also, I guess another thing that is interesting about influencers is most of the time you're not working directly with the brand. Most of the time, there are agencies that work as middle people that basically will, like, you you sort of sell yourself to a client and you say, all right, come to us. We're going to get you a lot of views and a lot of clicks for your dollar. And then they will go and find influencers. And that's who I deal with pre- predominantly. There are a couple of brands that I've worked with where I dealt with their, like they have internal marketing departments. And those tend to actually be pretty good because they'll give you a bigger budget because when you pay for the middle people, you know, they're taking a cut. Right. So if, if I'm getting $2,000, maybe the, maybe the brand is actually paying three, you know? Yeah, that's true. So if you cut out the middle person, then maybe the brand just offers me three out the gate. I've had that happen a couple of times. Interesting. But, the nice thing with middle people is if you if you do a good job and you like work well, some of them, the ones that I prefer are the ones that don't go in for nitpicky edits that delay the video by days or the ones that are going to like take seven days to review a video because YouTube moves very quickly. So if you can kind of build up a good, if you can kind of build up a good like rapport with a particular agency, sometimes you can end up getting through the same middle person getting connected with multiple different brands but i mean it's a it's a whole different world it's a whole thing i don't even know i'm just speaking from personal experience because this is something that like no one knows what anyone else's workflow is when it comes to sponsors even if it seems like relatively consistent because you know talking points and uh, the particular campaign might look si- similar from like my channel or someone else's channel, but they're not coordinated between us. We don't even know what I don't. Sometimes I, I've I've known from my discussions that I got paid like twice as much in one case and half as much in another hmm. for doing the same ad campaign with the same brand through the same company. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's completely up to negotiation and just whatever you're able to get done Hmm. it's very it's all over the place (laughs) yeah that's um i don't know like someone here asked uh someone asked how much do i charge um i don't do sponsored videos to be fair i don't do very many videos at all uh these days well, not not on your channel. You're on my, on my channel pretty often. Now. Yes, I'm on I'm on Luke's channel. Uh, I'm on Luke's channel pretty often, 
and um and no and so like so someone asked i don't i don't take any money from from luke's channel luke gets the money to be fair he pays for uh the office that that i that i come and work in um every day and even besides that like we're friends and i'm not i'm not you know whatever it's just for fun and he's you know he's yeah. doing the editing he's putting in the work whatever totally cool um as far as my channel is I'll buy you chipotle oh thank you as far, as far as um as far as my channel is concerned i really don't i don't do videos all that much these days i've gotten emails from like you know random little companies to do things which i'm never gonna accept those are always so funny but um i don't know i mean i just i kind of just do the videos for fun I have like a full-time job, so I don't, I'm not, I don't rely on YouTube to make money. Technically, YouTube got you that job though, it, in a way. In a way, I mean, it definitely. you started learning programming. Yeah. And then you were doing that through the vessel of YouTube, as you said. Yeah. And from your programming, you got recruited and now you have a full-time job. That's, no, that's, that's true. It definitely, it definitely did help me to become the programmer that I am today, which I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, that sounds really corny or whatever, but, um, but the point is, um, the point is that I just, when I, when I do make a video these days, I'm just doing it for fun and it usually ties into, um, to whatever Luke is doing, which is also kind of interesting because when I make a video that ties into what Luke's doing and he promotes it, the video does exponentially better than it would, um by itself so like when i make it makes a lot of sense like when i make the the m1 i made a couple of m1 related videos uh you know from like a programmer's perspective and they tie in with the content that luke makes and he links to them and if he if he didn't do that they'd you know i don't know they probably get a couple hundred views or so i have i don't know i think they i think there was a decent amount of organic there's a de there's okay there's a decent amount of organic views and I do have I have like twenty point seven thousand subscribers I think a lot of them are like old accounts yeah. that probably aren't active anymore but most likely uh, but that's the number that, that I'm at but um uh but no it's, it's another interesting thing is that when I make a video and Luke links to it you know a lot of his uh, subscribers check it out so if you're one of them thank you but and yeah. it really really does make a big difference yeah and I mean Noah Noah likes making videos from time to time. We've actually got a project upcoming that Noah's going to have a video to go to go with, so you'll definitely want to check his channel out. Yeah. Uh, definitely got some... If you're interested in developing stuff, there's some interesting M1 content on Noah's channel. A lot of comments on that were like, please make more of this. Yeah. Clearly you did not take that advice to heart, though. I guess not. Got to make some more videos here, buddy. I know, I don't know. It's not that's I I like making I like making YouTube videos, but I can't it's sometimes I don't feel like putting in all the effort. <laughs> well, you do also have a full-time job. So like it's not unreasonable. That's I think someone even true. asked earlier how many hours a week I put in. Yeah. It's so hard to quantify. I couldn't even tell you. Cuz like like I'm I'm still a student. I'm going to be graduating in May. Um, and probably looking for like a part-time job because I don't know if I could do YouTube only do YouTube. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's probably probably between 20 and 30 hours nowadays. That's pretty good. Something like that. I don't even know because it's I, like I, I work on weekends too. Obviously, here we are on one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It varies. It's like absolutely all over the place. And there's no real one way to do it. That's not really good advice. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? Like, you can't do the exact same content. Although, I think it's also worth noting that you shouldn't not do a video because someone else has done something like that. Like, you can offer your unique t spin on it, even if it's a similar opinion or a similar conclusion. Don't necessarily, don't necessarily think because someone else has already made a video that you are not allowed to. People have made a lot of, I know there, there was a couple of people when I like got started that made videos that were sort of like, like in response to it or, um, on a similar topic. And it's a great way, honestly, if you make a video responding to another popular video, that's a great way to get views. So like, definitely don't be afraid to, you know, if you look, if you have an idea and you look it up and you see, oh, someone else did it. Uh, never mind. Yeah. Don't necessarily shy away from it. it, it it's not, if, if it's a video you want to make, you know, I'm, I'm of the mindset where, if you want to do YouTube, do YouTube. Don't set any expectations. Don't try to think that you're going to be like the next million subscriber YouTuber. <laughs> just 
do something that you like and post it online and see what happens. If you're doing it for you, then if you hit a, a thousand subscribers and you get monetized, that's just icing on the cake. Yeah. Right? What a happy way to end the podcast. <laughs> just be happy. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> just make a video. Do it. No, I mean, it's, no, it's good advice. You, you, uh, you make the videos that you want to make because you want to make them, and hopefully they do well. Uh, but regardless of what happens, you come out on top because yep. you're doing what you want to do and you're happy. Yep. And maybe you're like Noah and you start making YouTube videos to motivate yourself to do something and you get a full-time job. Yeah. He didn't become a YouTuber, but he did get a full-time job out of it. So, you know, you don't have to, YouTube success is not defined by subscriber count. That is true. All right. And with that, that that's going to conclude this episode of Dark Mode. I've been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We'll see you next week. Have a good night.